Coming up on today's Locked on Bucks, we uh, get back into the conversation about Jay Crowder made the announcement that he is back on yesterday's show, just in time for yesterday's show. And now we take a look at what to expect from Jay Crowder. And more importantly, where are those minutes going to come from? Not only for Jay Crowder, but what have we seen from this Bucks rotation? We'll get into that conversation and a few thought-provoking comps for this Bucks team as well. All of that coming up after this on Locked On Bucks. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Bucks. I am your host, Justin Garcia, along with Camille Davis. You can hear me on the Bucks Radio Network. You can hear Camille on the Carry the G in MKE podcast, as well as the Technical Foul podcast. And we both thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and viewable on YouTube as well. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's Locked On Bucks is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. Guaranteed when you place a $5 bet, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Camille, we mentioned on the show yesterday, Jay Crowder is back, and that's the good news. But I think the the conversation that we didn't get into, and I didn't see a whole lot of, at least yet, on social media amongst Bucks fans was, look, it's great that uh, Jay Crowder is back, but we got used to the minutes being distributed this one way, and now we got this guy that's going to take a lot of those. So where are those minutes going to come from? That's the question. Because if you take a look at how many minutes Jay Crowder was playing before the injury, again, he played nine games. He got injured during the Orlando game. He was averaging almost 27 minutes a game prior to his injury. And that's a substantial uh, amount of minutes. That's good for fifth most on the Bucks as it currently stands. Like over his nine game stretch, it's probably not a surprise given that Chris Middleton had the injury and he was being eased back into gameplay. But he's averaging more minutes per game than Chris Middleton is at this point, more than Bobby. Um, so when you look at who's going to have to see their minutes reduced for him to get back on the court, it's a really interesting thing to think about because, of course, when he first comes back, I don't think we're going to see him getting thrown out there and jumping right back into 26, 27 minutes a game. If the way that they've handled Chris Middleton's injury and his recovery is any indication, the Bucks are going to take their time and ease him back into the play of things. So maybe we're talking 10, 15 minutes a game to start somewhere around there coming off the bench. And when you think about positions that he plays, three, four, um, we know he can guard two through four, but you're going to see him more times than not as a forward on the court. So that makes me think like, hey, do we see Bobby Portis's minutes decrease? Because at the start of the season, um, he was playing, you know, 18, 19, 20 minutes a game um, until that ramped up a bit, I think like six or seven games into the season. So I think Bobby, somebody who might see his minutes decrease. I do wonder as well, because what we've seen recently with uh, – Marjan seeming to have fallen out of the rotation with campaign seemingly have fallen out of the rotation. Um, we've seen the bucks go eight deep for the most part and think unless things got out of hand or there were injuries um, since that Boston game. 
And so you got your five starters, you have PC, you have Bobby Portis, and then you have Andre Jackson Jr. So I think some of the minutes are going to come from Bobby. Maybe even some come from Pat um, when thinking about it that way. I hope that they're not coming from Andre at this point because we've had the conversations, right? And Andre is somebody who, as he continues to play, that's the best experience for him. It's just getting those game reps in. And based on what Adrian Griffin has talked about with how he envisioned Andre Jackson being in the role that he could see Andre filling for this team. He mentioned Christian Brown um, with the Nuggets saying like, Hey, this was a rookie who came in played a role and was able to make an impact. And I see some of that with Andre Jackson jr. So he's someone who I, I wouldn't guess their minutes, you know, his minutes decreases. But one thing that we could see is just that, the starters have a couple of their minutes come down as well because the starters have been playing some really heavy minutes as well. The last uh, part that you mentioned there to me is the most interesting because um, Bobby is certainly a guy that you would look at, as you mentioned, Jay Crowder uh, played the third most minutes on the team up until the point of his uh, injury behind obviously Giannis and, and Damian Lillard. Um, but he was neck and neck with Brooke Lopez too. And, and that kind of speaks to, as we mentioned on yesterday's show, some of those different lineups and how you can use Jay Crowder and, and play different defensively with Giannis at the five, but you mentioned the starters and maybe it's just seeing those minutes come downward. Um, you know, Giannis especially has missed just one yeah. game this season. I think he's played in 30 consecutive games. The last time he had a streak around that was 31 in a row when the Bucks won the title in 2021. So I think that is certainly something worth pointing out of maybe we just start to decrease the minutes because it's not as though Jay Crowder replaces one player. We're mm -hmm. talking about a, a small ball four. He can play on the perimeter, as we've seen at times, too. Um, so I think that's a big one. But I, I think the obvious uh, choices would really be three guys in terms of how you split up those minutes. And just looking at, how minutes were distributed as well when Jay was on the floor versus how they've gone recently. As, as we mentioned, Jay was third in minutes played. Brooke Lopez fourth just behind him. But prior to Jay Crowder going down, Brooke Lopez played 26 minutes a game. Malik Beasley played just under 26 minutes a game. Bobby Portis was about 21 minutes a game. And from the games played without Jay onward, we've seen Brooke go all the way up to 33 minutes. Malik's up to about 31 minutes and Bobby's up to 24 minutes. So right there, you're looking at that around 15 minutes or so, which we think may be the, the kind of soft launch for Jay Crowder, to just kind of ease him back into things that it might just be as simple as we still want to play Andre Jackson Jr. Uh, but maybe we just reduce some of the minutes of some of those starters. And that's the easiest way to fit him back in. Yeah, I think that probably will be for this team. And we've talked about the minute load that Brooke Lopez has been carrying at this age where we're like, hey, it's a little high uh, for the regular season. And Brooke Lopez is somebody who's been like an Ironman outside of the season where he had the back surgery, where even when you were seeing Buck starters getting rest, a lot of times Brooke Lopez wasn't one of those guys who was resting during those games. So if we can find a way to get him in this down a little bit, uh, that would be helpful, I think, as well, just for his health, just going forward. This is an older, you know, veteran-led team. Um, so seeing those numbers come down a bit would be um, a positive. And to your point about how you use Jay Crowder, it's not just one person's minutes that he is going to take. Like I mentioned Bobby, I mentioned Pat. Um, 
Brooks, another guy who you think about. Giannis is somebody who you think about just trying to continue the maintenance on his body as well. So it might be a thing where you're just taking a bit from all of these other guys and giving them to Jay. And then as he continues to ramp up and then we're getting back from 15 minutes a game back to 20, back to 25, then you might start seeing some of those other rotational changes where it's like, hey, Bobby's not getting 25 minutes. Now maybe he's getting 15 in certain matchups or hey, we actually want to go small in this game against this particular opponent. So this is the game where Brooks going to have his minutes decreased a bit because we want to see more, you know, Giannis at the small ball five with Jay next to him, or whatever the case might be. So it could vary from game to game. And I think Griff have shown that as well with how we've seen the young guys being played where it's like, hey, you got to stay ready because it might be your game. It might be your week um, and it might not. And I think going forward with adding in somebody as, as crucial as Jay Crowder, um, it could be a game to game basis where it's not consistently always going to be one guy whose minutes have decreased. But in a situational basis, like this is the game where, hey, Brooke, it's your turn or hey, Bobby, it's your turn. And uh, Brooke, that that other point too about the minutes, and especially with Brooke, like we'd like to bring these down. If you're two yeah. years removed from back surgery and, and getting uh, to the age that Brooke is, and look, it's it's not even about the age, just the longevity of his career minutes. as a seven footer. Yeah, the minutes and and up and down the floor, the wear and tear that that can have. It's it's been what two three seasons really that Brooke Lopez has not been an Iron Man. The the two leg issue years that he had in Brooklyn that effectively cost him two full seasons basically. And then uh, two years ago with a back surgery, but he's playing more minutes per, on a per game basis at the midpoint of the season this year. than he has in any year of his career since 2015, 16. So it's, it's eight years since he's played uh, this many minutes per game. It's not a huge step upward from where it was a season ago, but but it's a step up. So that is something that you're going to want to be cognizant of and monitor moving forward. It is because you don't want to get to the playoffs and you're nursing injuries. Like it's a long season. It's a marathon season. And of course, by the time you get to the playoffs, everybody's going to be dealing with something at that point. It's a very long season. Uh, but what you're trying to do throughout the course of the season is manage it as best as you can. And it's a delicate balance, right, of trying to take care of guys' bodies while also making sure that they have the endurance and that they're in game condition to be able to play those minutes come playoff time. When it does ramp up and the rotations get tighter and the starters are playing more minutes. So I'm all for what we can do in the regular season to keep Brooks minutes down somewhat more reasonable. Like you mentioned last year, we saw it where he's playing north of 30 minutes a game. And that was the first time in his Bucks career that we saw him average over 30 minutes a game. And that was coming off the back surgery. And we all were like, is this is this the best course of action for a seven footer who is just coming off back surgery? And then this season they've gone up again. Like you don't normally see that in a guy in their age 35 season where it's like, no, your manager can continue to go up at this point. So I'm all for the maintenance of Brooke because he is a crucial part of this team. And especially against certain lineups, like you want to see him against a Philly when you have Joel Embiid out there. So like Brooke is important to this team and whatever we can do to continue to make sure that guys are healthy because that's a big part of playoff success is, of course, you have to be talented. I'm not saying that's not part of it, but you do have to have a healthy team as well. Like there's some injury luck that goes into winning a championship and you hope to be on that lucky side of it. There's a, a couple of other caveats to add to these minutes. And again, how we envision the Bucks playing a little bit differently with Jay Crowder back on the floor. Uh, we'll get into that conversation, but um, taking a step beyond Jay Crowder too, just what we have seen 
from this rotation. There were some notable changes um, over the weekend that we got into on the postgame show against the Kings, but some of the trends that we've noticed there, especially for these young players, Camille and I will get into that conversation coming up next on Locked on Bucks. Well, passion, drive, and patience. That is what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for, and with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay's guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Camille, we should also remind the audience, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, Locked On Sports Today. It is here for you 24-7, covering the top stories of the day with the local experts you would expect from Locked On. In addition to all of our national shows that cover each and every league, a lot to get into now as you think about the NBA channels where you're keeping up with all of your trade chatters or less than a month away from the trade deadline and, of course, all of the football playoff action going on. So a lot to follow on Lockdown Sports today. Subscribe on YouTube to the First Step Sports 24-7. All right, so we mentioned uh, some of these young guys and the rotational changes that we've seen. One thing I do want to point out really quickly uh, before we get into that, too. And, again, it's a small sample size. We had that conversation over sample size yesterday. Yeah. But when we mentioned Jay Crowder and his minutes overall, it, it kind of backs up the point that we were both making of he allows you to play differently and it, it allows you to get into more matchup-based lineups where you could play Giannis at the five and play Jay Crowder next to him at the four. Um, Jay Crowder was second on the team in minutes played in the fourth quarter prior mm -hmm. to his injury, more than Brooke Lopez. So if you are, as we've seen, perimeter-based teams giving this Bucks team some challenges if you are facing teams like that it gives you that versatility to say okay we don't have to kind of do more offense defense switches as much as we've seen in recent games where brooke will come in and come out for a couple of minutes in that fourth quarter um you can just go straight ahead to we want to play Giannis at the five for the rest of the way as, as that's what we kind of saw in a few games but especially when you look at the overall distribution of the minutes in those uh, first, what, seven games, I believe it was, nine games that Jay Crowder um, played in this season. As far as the rest of it, the young guys. So um, Marjan has seemingly fallen out of the rotation of late. But, you know, we talked about this, what, probably a month or so ago that we've kind of seen this yo-yo pattern with some of the young guys where you would see Andre Jackson Jr., have some, I guess you could say good performances, but certainly performances that Bucks fans were excited by. And then all of a sudden the minutes would, would kind of trend downward and maybe Marjan would pick up those minutes. But of late, 
uh, it's been Andre Jackson Jr. and Griff really riding that hand. And you've seen guys like A.J. Green and Marjan basically out of the rotation, give or take for a few other chances when, when players are out or, or matchup-based. Um, number one, do you think that's going to change? Like, is this basically, hey, Andre, you're the guy that's getting these minutes of those three guys especially, but you're going to get them unless you, you prove us otherwise, or is there more of a chance that we're going to see what we saw about a month ago where maybe Andre Jackson Jr. hits a wall and you see Marjan back in the rotation? I think it is going to be at this point, Andre Jackson Jr. has earned the minutes that he is going to get. Uh, and part of my reasoning by thinking that it is that like he's earned his minutes is, again, the comments you're hearing from the team, what you're hearing from the players around him. Like Giannis was complimentary of uh, Ajax early on saying, hey, like this kid brings a lot of energy. Like you heard it earlier, but now you're hearing some more refined things about Andre Jackson Jr. and his play. I believe it was Dame who mentioned the fact like, or it was Dame or Chris who was talking about like, hey, at this point you're seeing him starting to, it's starting to slow down for him. I think it was Dame. And he's like, you're, you're seeing him put it together. Like he was out there before with energy, um, and he's running around 100%, you know, 100% giving all he has. But now he's also moving, but he knows where he's moving to. Like, it's slowing down for him, but he's able to still play fast. He's not thinking as much now. He's able to play, and that's making a difference for this team. And I mentioned what Adrian Griffin mentioned, where he necessarily comped him to Christian Brown, but just the the idea of what he has for Andre, I feel like, where it's like, Rookies can contribute. They can be a big piece of what a playoff, a championship contending team is looking for. And he has a pedigree similar to Christian Brown, where it's like you won in college, you were a big role player in your college program, so you understand already coming into the league, like, hey, to win, I need to do the little things. I need to go out here and hustle. I need to do this for my team. And Andre's mentioned himself, like, I'm learning a bit more with this NBA team, with being in the league, that I have to learn how to play off ball more. I played a lot more on ball in college. So that was an adjustment for him, in addition to adjusting to the NBA game as a whole. And we've talked about what Andre brings to this team and how necessary it is because of um, the age, just what he's able to do, the athleticism that he has the offensive rebounding that he brings, like he's a smart player. The, the screen assist, as I'll call him, where he's, you know, screening for a player, player on this team to get an open shot, the hustle. He just always seems to make a play that benefits the Bucks. And even when he's fouling, a lot of them, I would say, I wouldn't say, shouldn't say a lot, but a good portion of them, I feel like are just rookie calls where it's like, I'm like, the Rook's playing defense, but he's getting whistled for playing defense or he's the guy who's getting caught you know, retaliating to what the offensive player did to him. So as time continues to go on, those are things that he'll learn and pick up from you hope. And that's part of why I think that is so important for him to continue to have his minutes, because the only way he's going to get better at that is having more game reps and also more time on the court with the, the core guys of this team and learning how to play with them, how to fit in with them. And you've seen his game grow a bit um, just over the last few weeks and him being a little bit more aggressive when it comes to taking shots around the rim before we were watching him pass out of what seemed to be layups or standing dunks. And you're like, why are you passing it right now? So just him trying to figure out his spacing, his teammates, that's all a part of why I think that Andre's minutes should stay uh, what they are. He shouldn't be someone who's lost in the rotation. So the interesting thing to me is it does feel like we have seen this, this market shift in it's Andre's time. And 
there is a lot of replication too. They're they're basically identical in terms of their size. They're both six foot six. Marjan has a little less build to his frame, but you just look. It's not to say that Marjan doesn't bring that energy either. But there's no denying what you see from Andre Jackson Jr. Griff called him a playmaker over the weekend, and and we talked about yesterday too. He made that comp to Christian Brown, which certainly raised some eyebrows in that media room. Of this is really what they think of him. Okay. Um, but I, I think the funny part is if you would just survey a hundred bucks fans and say, what do you think the minutes have been like for Andre versus Marjan? Like write it down on a piece of paper and tell me what you think it is. You would get, I would assume a large majority of bucks fans saying that Andre is playing significantly more minutes than Marjan is since December 1st, their minutes are nearly identical Marjan is actually averaging two more minutes per game than Andre Jackson Jr. is and that's basically identical sample size 18 games for Marjan 19 games from Andre Jackson Jr. the shift has been really around the midpoint of December is mm -hmm. when you saw less opportunities right as the Bucks were closing out that homestand before that trip out east right around Christmas that's when it kind of started to dwindle for Marjan and, and still looking at January since January 1st, again, the, the minutes Marjan is playing more minutes per game than Andre Jackson jr. The difference is we've seen three games already where Marjan has not played at all, which kind of lends to the, well, how much of that is coming from a blowout where you're just throwing them in. Obviously the Celtics game was right. a big part of that. But when you look at since December 1st, overall, that was the most fascinating part to me is that it's pretty evenly split the opportunities for both of these guys. Yeah. Yep. And I think that's part of the, the, the what, uh, what uh, Griff has been doing because there are games where it's like, okay, I don't understand the, the rotation here. Like I don't understand how we're deciding which young guys are coming into the game. And when I say young guys, I'm talking Marjan, Ajax, and even uh, AJ green as well, where it's like certain games, it's their time and they just have to stay ready because they're going to get called on when they get called on. And for me, the moment where I was like, Hey, this might be something to continue to keep an eye on was actually the last Boston game. So this is very fresh. This is very, very fresh because during our first matchup against Boston, uh, the Bucks rotation early on, it was, they went five deep on their bench. You had, of course you had Bobby, you had PC, you had Marjan, you had cam and you had Andre a bit. So I was, okay, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, in this Celtics matchup, what do the Bucs do differently? And of course, this game's a little hard to judge because of how out of hand it got by halftime and the Celtics not playing their starters in the second half. But through the first half, when it was starters versus starters, the Bucs still only went eight deep. And it still was Bobby, it was Pat, and it was Andre. And at that point, I said, this is kind of interesting. I wonder if this is going to be a continuing trend. And next thing you know, Chris is out on the second half of back-to-back -back, and you're still not seeing Marjan. And it's like, that's interesting. And I had to think back to how I felt earlier in the season when Chris was on the minute restriction, he's missing second nights of back-to-back. -back. And at those times too, I assume like, hey, we should see a heavy dosage of Marjan or Andre in these games. And sometimes we did, sometimes we didn't. And I think that's been the nature of it too. And I wonder if part of that is at this point in the season, Grip has gotten more comfortable and he's understanding his team a bit more, understanding what players can do, what they can't do, who can fulfill his scheme, who can't. And he's starting to adjust around those edges. Or if that is just going to be how he handles his rotations in the regular season, where it's 
hey, you know what? This week or tonight, it's you. So you go. So it's something to continue to watch because the early trends are really interesting about Marjan's role um, in the rotation. And to that point, too, if we just look at the first half of that game most recently against the uh, the Celtics, um, it, it, the minutes were pretty evenly distributed, too, that, that all of your starters, except for Chris, were clocking in at around 18 minutes with Brooke, Malik, Dame, and Giannis. And then Bobby was at about 12 minutes. So was Pat Connaughton. Andre Jackson Jr. at 10 minutes. So it was pretty clear. We kind of like what we see here. And I think Griff alluded to that too when he he specifically addressed campaign. And we went basically three games without seeing campaign in the rotation. One of those was he was in concussion protocol. Another one of those games uh, against the Celtics, I think he played just a couple of minutes um, in that game, did, uh, did campaign. But um, then he sat against the Warriors too, where that was the first time you you really noticed, like, oh, this is this is interesting. And Griff mentioning we we just like the size that we have, and it's no knock on campaign, but rebounding was an issue, and especially against the Celtics, you not only need per- perimeter depth, you need length there too, and that's that's not going to be an area of strength for campaign. So you get the logic there, and I think to your point, that is something interesting to monitor with some of those you know in the season changes that Adrian Griffin learns from and continues to make moving forward, especially when he gets a, a big piece added now in uh, Jay Crowder to see how you figure some of those things out, to have Jay back and have Andre playing at this level that he is now. Because early on when Jay was here, it was more of just, oh, this is interesting. I think you see some flashes from this kid, but you've seen more than that in the uh, games that have passed since Jay Crowder has been out. So that is going to be, very fascinating to see how we see Adrian Griffin utilize all of those tools in the toolbox moving forward. I mentioned some interesting comps that may exist for the Bucks. I do want to take a look at that, and we'll do a very, very brief preview of what we got coming up with the Cleveland Cavaliers, see if there's any updates on the interim report. There, there should be none for the Bucks, as we know Jay Crowder is back, so we'll get into that discussion coming up next on Locked on Bucks. Well, it is time to talk to you about BetterHelp as this episode of Locked on Bucks is brought to you by BetterHelp. And oftentimes you think about finding areas you don't excel in when we mention help and seeking that assistance. But it can be as simple as finding areas you're already crushing and finding how to advance that. We know around New Year's, we all get obsessed with how to change ourselves and just instead of just finding what's working and expanding on that. Or maybe... You want to get organized in one aspect of your life. That's where BetterHelp is here to help you. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, and it is designed to be convenient, flexible, and most importantly, suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire, and from there, you will get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you have already made and continue to make with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn and you'll get 10% off your first month if you go to that site today. BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNBA, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A. So 
So, Camille, I thought it was interesting that, look, we should add another disclaimer here that neither of us are trying to make the case of why is everybody so concerned? The Bucks have fixed everything. Their defense is fine. We both recognize there are areas that you need to improve and or find consistency. But I do think it's very interesting that we've heard so much chatter about the Bucks, and, and here's another preface too. I hate what about ism and comparing yourself to others, and yet I'm going to do it here. But um, there's been so much talk about this defense is a disaster. You can't trust this defense. And yet when I look at all the metrics here and I see some of those teams that are right around where the Bucks are currently sitting with their defensive rating, you, you can't help but wonder, well, where's the conversation about this team like nobody is saying the Sacramento Kings are a, an elite defense or the Mavericks are though we've talked about some improvement we've seen there but nobody's making the case of man this is a very good two-way team and yet we're not hearing that same chatter about these teams that are basically sitting at the exact same spot when you look at those defensive metrics uh, as the Bucks are so it's it's just interesting to me that I think part of it is you got two stars on this Bucks team with Giannis and Damian Lillard, and there is sky-high expectations. So we always want to look for ways to nitpick and pick apart. And again, it's not necessarily nitpicking because there are some clear issues that need to be worked out and enhanced. But the, the other part is, you know, look back to the game since November 3rd when they made that, that pivotal shift, literally and figuratively, to put Brooke Lopez by the basket. Uh, this defense has been about the same as the Knicks, as the Clippers, who have been all the hype, as the Chicago Bulls. They're right in that area in striking distance and about two points per possessions behind uh, the, the Denver Nuggets. So, so look, it's not where it needs to be, but I think we can overinflate a lot of those issues at times. And I honestly think part of that is perception, right? I think people came into the season expecting – a certain level of play from the Milwaukee Bucks, regardless of the fact if they got rid of Drew Holiday or not, because they have been so used to the Milwaukee Bucks for the last five years under Bud being a top five, top 10 defense where you're like, okay, that's what we know of the Milwaukee Bucks. And if you think about that time frame, those last five years with Bud is really the time frame where people started to really respect and pay attention to the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. So before that, this was still a young team. People were saying like, hey, they're figuring it out. You're watching Giannis and Chris give their all against Toronto and they can't get over the DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry Raptors team. You're seeing them playing against Boston and they're losing in Boston. Like you're seeing this, like Kyrie Irving, but like Boston Celtics, like you're seeing this team and they, they can't seem to quite get it right under Jason Kidd. And then Joe Prunty here comes, Bud, revamps everything. And now people are, Oh, this is who these bucks are. This is the MVP Giannis led bucks. This is what we expect of this championship contending level uh, from Milwaukee Bucks. And coming into this season and seeing how they've been playing, it's like, whoa, this looks way different than what I'm used to seeing. This team defense sucks. Like this team, this, all the narrative that come along with it, right? And like we said, some of that is like, hey, understand why you like we're watching this team. We're seeing the breakdowns. We're seeing things not working right. We're seeing some things. We're like, hey. Is this the best scheme? So like the questions are there and there's a reason why questions are there, but I think the perception of how this team is expected to play in comparison to like a Sacramento Kings team where you're like, 
ah, that's offense. Like they're going to do what they do. Like I'm, I'm not mad at Sacramento for being down here, but the Bucks, that's a team I don't expect to see here. But you mentioning them being around the Knicks is one that's interesting because the Knicks, the perception around them is like, hey, it's a tips team. They're going to be hard-nosed defensively. They're going to rebound. Like that's what you expect, but you're not hearing the same consternation around the Knicks defense as you are the Bucks defense. And I think part of it is, as ironic as it sounds because New York's the biggest spotlight media size, like people expect a certain level of play from the Bucks, and they haven't been getting it. The interesting thing to me is look, if, if you want to cherry pick numbers, you can, you can obviously uh, do that with basically anything, but what stood out the most to me. And again, it's why we say, I'm not saying that it, well, it's, it's not as bad that it's, it's just, okay. We understand that things need to progress and improve and, we're not here to deny that, but I think we can take it a little extreme at times. That being said, one of the things that really jumped out to me is I expected to see much different numbers in wins versus losses for the Bucs that it felt like with the numbers that we pointed out yesterday in that you know they've been pretty good defensively in the fourth quarter. They've been very good in the clutch in both offense and defense, but especially defense, and they've been, again, small sample, but pretty good against the best teams in the league. I expected to look at all of that and say, well, I'm assuming part of this is in wins, the Bucks defense clamps down that obviously their offense is there to, to kind of guide them across the finish line. But in those wins, that's where you see a market difference in uh, how the Bucks have performed. And that's not the case in, in games that the Bucks have won this season. They have the 26th rated defense in the league at 113.8. So it's better than their season average, but you see other teams are markedly better in wins than the Bucs are. So that is one of the other things you would point to if you're on that other side of, look, we've told you from day one, this is a mess. I think that's what you would point to to back that up. But I think we still need to see some more time. And just as we've pointed to uh, the numbers since November 3rd, I think we're going to start to point to the numbers since what January 17th, when Jay Crowder makes yeah. his return to see if we see another a leap forward there in those numbers for the Bucks on the defensive end, uh, especially. And the last thing I'll say, and, and and feel free to add anything to this, is you know we've made that comp a lot to the Denver Nuggets, and that this is the model for the Bucks to have a defense that's league average, slightly better than league average, that's essentially good enough. And your offense can take it from there. Um, I think that's clearly the model, and that's what you're shooting for. But it is worth pointing out, you know, last year, the Denver Nuggets, while they finished 15th in defensive rating, they had a 113.5 defensive rating. And I know offense has gone up, and we've seen offensive ratings um, go up. But you haven't seen quite as a precipitous drop-off in those uh, defensive rating numbers for some teams out there that you know the top uh, handful of teams are still basically where they were in terms of their rating a season ago so that is the one thing is is you're still about three points per possession higher in terms of what your defense is yielding versus where the nuggets were a season ago when they ultimately won the championship just one thing i'll add on to that in talking about the nuggets and the comp to the bucks this year is 
their numbers at the end of the season, uh, they climbed because the Nuggets started playing far better defense when the calendar turned. So yeah. that's something that I'm looking for for the Bucs. And as we've talked about so far in January, the early returns for this team haven't been great defensively um, and where they stand. Like if you're looking at the Bucs numbers, just even over the last two weeks of play, like they're 14th in, in net rating, like they're 25th in defensive rating. Like they just haven't been quite good enough. But to your point about key points in the season to be tracking data from, we're coming up to another one. Uh, I know I have in my phone first four games, then the stretch with Jay, now the stretch without Jay, and I have a new data point I'm ready to start collecting data on where it's like, okay, now how do we look with Jay Crowder back in the rotation with some changes that we've seen so far? So the Bucks still have a lot of games to go, and if we are looking at that Denver model, what you want to see from the Bucks defense in this year heading into all-star break and out of all-star break heading towards that playoff run, you want to see that the numbers from here on out are looking a lot better than what you were seeing earlier on. And, you know, again, we it's easy to forget the Bucs were 15th in offense last year, 15th offensively, fourth defensively. And as we mentioned at the start of the year, you're making the trade to go from a defensive team to an offensive team from last year to this year. Their offense has improved by seven points. Their defense has regressed by seven <laughs> points. So it's it's basically this is what the team is. And the gamble is you need offense to score in the playoffs. So we think despite some of these issues, we'll get better. And ultimately, we have the right pieces offensively to set mm -hmm. us up for some success in the postseason. Tomorrow night, Bucks return to the floor or tonight, whenever it is you're listening to this, in Cleveland against the Cavaliers. And we expect Jay Crowder to be on the floor. So we'll keep an eye on how many minutes that is that Jay Crowder plays. And again, what we touched on at the start of the show, who are those minutes coming from? We'll get into all of that and to recap the game against the Cavaliers on the postgame show Wednesday night. For Camille, I am Justin. We'll talk to you then.